Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 345 of Geek Time Radio. I am back this week with... I'm on the radio too now. This is fine. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. You've got your own little intro now, so... <laughs> yep, I found that long time ago. I long, long time ago when I used to live stream back in 08. I kind of used that as a montage part for my <laughs> intro and was going through some old files because I'm a computer nerd and that's what we do and found that and I'm like, that'll work as a good intro. Yes, that definitely works. So that's really good. Uh, so uh, it's been a few weeks since you've been on before. What have you been up to? What have you been watching and things? A lot of stuff. Um, finished up the current season for Curse of Oak Island. Yes. Um, if you remember the last time I was on that, they, it's a fascinating series. Uh, they're kind of a victim of their own success. They were excavating a cobblestone road that they carbonated from some of the uh, stationary uh, planks that was used originally to secure the road to back to the 1400s. Mm-hmm. And when they were carbonating some stuff and excavating some stuff, they found some uh, Mi'kmaq pottery, which was the first tribe in that area. And the whole thing got shut down because of concerns for that. Oh. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, they just concentrated their efforts more into other areas. A lot of stuff was discovered. Like I I've said before, they've proven a lot of stuff. They just don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, TV wise, there was that. There was um, kind of a surreal thing. There's a show here in the States. I don't know if it's available in the UK or not called The Worst Cooks in America. Um, it's a show on Food Network here. And it's when the show is called The Worst Cooks in America, it's literally people that don't know how to cook. Right. Yes. And every now and then they'll do a uh, celebrity charity event. And so I've been watching that season and it's 90s TV stars. (laughs) So watching children that, you know, you saw as like five years old, not knowing how to cook because they grew up on craft services is really surreal. (laughs) Um, I re-upped my subscription to HBO Max because I saw that Young Justice was getting ready to have its season finale finish off. Right. And I was a big fan of that. Plus, I wanted to see a couple of them movies that were on HBO Max. Supremely disappointed with season four of Young Justice. Oh. It kind of meanders a bit. There's no real like central season long plot like you see for the first three seasons, which right. was supremely disappointing. Yeah. Plus they always do like this weird time skip thing and they just throw in random superheroes that 
most people would have never heard of before and it just is kind of bizarre yeah that's strange so what guest characters have they got i mean you know new heroes have they gone most of it is the typical like next generation so like not wonder woman's daughter wonder woman tim drake and uh beast boy and right yeah. cyborg and characters some characters you would know and some characters you've never heard of before but like i said the first three seasons that they did kind of have an overarching story arc for uh the big bad kind of hanging out in the background things like that mm -hmm. and season four doesn't have any of that right interesting i've not caught that series yet i have got access to uh hbo max over here but i don't know whether the show actually airs properly anywhere in the uk at the moment but yeah i know that it had a lot of uh fans for mm -hmm. you know the first few seasons so it's a shame if they've fallen off for season four yeah season four like the main character if you could call it that would have to be uh beast boy's character yeah and they spend the whole season of him going through uh depression oh. which is you know super fun for a, a kid's superhero show yeah that's a slightly weird choice particularly a character like beast boy who is so up all the time as well i mean yeah that's a very odd choice hmm. mm -hmm. yeah video game wise i finally figured out the villager mechanic from medieval dynasty but now the game's kind of in autopilot because they uh scaled the tech tree so hard once you get to a certain point it's like a long time to get to the next level and so it's yeah. kind of like meandering a bit for that as well yeah i found that as well yeah <laughs> that's between a few uh roguelike games uh infernax and uh hades been doing trek diomi that's a fun game but it's one of those games that you just you play for like 20 minutes and then you're like okay something else <laughs> right yeah medieval dynasty is one of those games that i've kind of dropped in and out of and it's fun to a point and then it just plateaus for this longest time and becomes a bit of a grind and i i'm sort of waiting for them to kind of catch up and and maybe mm. kind of try and organize that so it's less of a grind it's a good game if you have two monitors so that you can have a screen for like a twitch stream or yeah. catch it up on a movie or something else while you're doing that as well so it's a good uh, multitasking game yeah it's it's quite calming and generally i mean there's there's some hunting in it and there are a few bandits but generally it's not like overly sort of taxing in that sort of way which is nice and i like games like that yeah i find it hilarious that it's listed as a survival game i'm like you have to try really hard to die in that game there's no <laughs> survival True. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mainly about sort of farming, building up the village. You know, there's a few little quests you can run, but a lot of it is is just sort of it's it's kind of cerebral to a certain level. You know, it's not like overly taxing in terms of survival games. It's like the least survivally survival game I've ever played, but it's good fun. Yeah, it pretty much sums up everything. So awesome. Well, the main thing I've been doing this week has been MCM Comic Con, which was the big London Comic Con that was this weekend. There's two in London, one in Birmingham, because they pared it down sort of post-pandemic. They used to do a lot more than that, but they've kind of pared it down. So uh, this is the first, well, second big London one sort of post-pandemic. They did one back in October last year, but this is the first one now. A lot of the things have been fully unrestricted and back to very much normal, really. I have to say from a guest point of view, it was a bit odd because the one when they came back last time, they 
had people like Charlie Cox and Deborah Ann Wall from Daredevil, and they had the cast of Loki there. You know, really big A-list names. Mm -hmm. And this one, just, well, not that. I mean, from my point of view, the biggest people they had there was, uh, they had Robert Sheenan from Umbrella Academy and Misfits. Ross McQuand and Dan Fogler were both there from The Walking Dead. They had a lot of sort of anime people there. So uh, Dante Basco from Avatar Last Airbender, Janet Vardy from Legend of Korra, the whole cast of My Hero Academia were there. They had a few voice actors, uh, Doug Cockle, who's the voice of Geralt in The Witcher games. He did a panel. They did the sort of voices panel, which Ross McQuand was part of as well. David Ajayla from Discovery and Supergirl popped up, who I hadn't even spotted was there until I went and checked the list afterwards. So I think he must have been a very late addition. Tracy Ann Oberman, who's sort of an actress who's been in things like Doctor Who and Toast of London and Friday Night Dinner. They had a few big streamer people. There's the Ox Venture, which is a sort of D&D thing. They were all there. Ashens, who I know Bex has talked about quite a lot because she did some film work with him. Sea Dog VA and the Trash Taste team they were there as well who are quite big i think youtube i think they're on but none of those guests are your kind of huge a-list stars so for us it was a little weird doing press because it's the first time we've been there where usually what we do is you know we go and film some of the panels and then they do separate press room things where they take us up stairs and you know we get like 10-15 minutes with a few of the usually the sort of secondary guests because you're never going to get somebody like Tom Hiddleston to come in and do a press room because he just doesn't have time he's there to sort of sign and do photographs and his time is very constructed so we know we're not going to get like him up there generally but we usually get your people like sort of your Dan Fogler's your Ross McQuans you'd usually get those guys to come in and have a chat for like 15 minutes about The Walking Dead the problem was because there weren't those big A-list guests there everybody else was more busy because people were queuing up to go and get photographs and autographs with those guys that would normally have been in a three-hour long queue to go and see your yeah, Tom Hiddleston's. So they couldn't pull them off the floor because the only chance we get them is when they get pulled off the floor to go for a little break, they'll sort of sometimes grab them and they were working through their breaks to get like through all their autographs and stuff. So it was kind of limited by what we could actually get in terms of things. I did get some of the panel with the voiceover guys so there is going to be a video going up from that i got the robert sheenan panel so there's going to be clips of that going up on the youtube channel and i got the panel with the last Bender legends of Korra stuff so there'll be clips of that going up on the youtube channel as well but they're all filmed from their panels not from separate press things so guest wise it was a little weird and they've said that they are kind of doing bigger guests when they come back in October there'll be larger guests there but it's one of those sort of oddities this one I mean the entire show was fun and you know there's lots of things to buy there's lots of things to see there wasn't as much coverage for TV stuff which given the month of TV we're about to come into seemed a little strange because you've got Sky over here launching two or three really huge shows you've got Disney Plus launching some massive shows you've got Paramount Plus itself launching over here they did have a stand 
they were showing some stuff from Halo. But I don't know, it just seemed a little odd, the sort of lack of stuff that was there in terms of TV coverage and things, given the amount of things that are coming out in June. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out in the next month or so. Yeah, I mean, the list for June overall is is completely insane. You've got uh, Miss Marvel, obviously, which is the big Marvel series coming. You've just had Obi-Wan launch. You've just had Stranger Things launch. You've got the Orville coming back. As I said, for us, we've got Paramount Plus launching over here. You've got For All Mankind starting on Apple TV. Sky have got three big shows. They've got one called The Lazarus Project, which is a sort of thriller sci-fi thing. You've got We Own This City, which is a big HBO series. Umbrella Academy with Paramount Plus launching. You've also got Strange New Worlds and Halo launching over here. You've got Westworld due back at the end of June. So, I mean, there's some huge, huge shows landing. And given the amount of stuff... Oh, The Boys as well. That's the other thing. Given that amount of stuff that's coming out over here, I was very surprised there wasn't a lot more of that there. Just seemed a little bit weird. But the show itself, brilliantly run, amazing cosplays. That was really, really fun. There's lots of lots of cosplay photos which are going up on our Instagram feed. You can go and check those out at uh, Geek Town UK on Instagram if you want to go and look at those. So there is lots of stuff up there. Uh, the show was lovely. Staff are always great. And I really enjoy the the whole atmosphere at MCM. They're a really great Comic Con to go to. They aren't purely guest focused. They've got a lot of other stuff going on as well. It's just from the guest side of things, it was a little bit odd this time around. I think it's fair to say. But overall, had a really nice three days down in London. It's down at the XL and it is worth going to, definitely. Uh, they're back in October down there, then November in Birmingham. So worth going to check out. Don't know who the guests are going to be for London or Birmingham yet. They tend to not to announce until much closer. They sell out their tickets without announcing the guests half the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just kind of shows that it's a decent con. It was an interesting one for me, but um, still, I mean, really good fun to go down and see. In terms of TV stuff, as we mentioned, there are a couple of big shows that landed. The first one being Disney Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That started opening two episodes. Have you caught this? I have not. Honestly, I don't really have an interest. I've never been a super fan of way after the fact prequels because, I mean, while it fills in some stuff for shows and movies we've already seen, there's no real surprises that you can do. There's no great plot development because everything else has already been predetermined. Um, yes, I know what you mean. So like the prequel movies with uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, not a fan of them. I don't hate them like some people hate them, but it's just like, okay, we know what everything else is going to turn into, so what's the point? So I haven't watched that. I am super interested, however, with the next season of The Orville, because I'm a huge yes. fan of that show. Uh, mostly because, and this is something that Matt and I have talked about off the air for our podcasts over on uh, entertainment talk is that South McFarland does a really, really good job of being political without being an ass yes. of being political because he has a, lo- a lot of the episodes you can see a lot of parallels to politics in modern days but it doesn't, he doesn't take the position of this is what you must think and then use that as a cudgel to beat you over the head with it like some shows do <clears throat> Arrowverse <laughs> yeah uh, Arrowverse uh, Batwoman anything like that yeah I could stand a certain amount of that but the Arrowverse I mean and if you're if you're going to do that sort 
lot of stuff. It's got to be done in the right way. And I think you're right. He does it brilliantly with the Orville stuff. And the Arrowverse does it at the expense of telling a good story. I mean, the quality, particularly on the Flash over the last couple of seasons, has just fallen off a cliff. And it was the same with a lot of the other shows. Yeah, Supergirl, Batwoman, a lot of that had just terrible writing trying to push an agenda. Yeah, and I don't mind some of it. I mean, a lot of good sci-fi tends to be allegory for other things, but it's when you're trying to sort of explain something and you're doing that at the expense of actually telling a story, that's where it becomes a real problem. And uh, the Arrowverse stuff is just, I mean, the quality of the writing. It's one of the reasons why I like Legends so much is because it doesn't really do any of that. Not to that sort of extent. It's just a group of silly, fun stories. And ironically, that's the one that got cancelled. So, you know, I do find that a real shame. But yeah, I mean, Obi-Wan, I was quite looking forward to. So I was quite happy to go back to this because I do like the fact that, well, we know where these characters end up. I like the way that they're filling in these sort of little gaps. And I like the fact that this sort of subverts things slightly because you do sort of think that, well, it's Kenobi. He's basically on Tatooine looking out for Luke. You kind of assume that it's going to be a sort of Kenobi, possibly Luke-related story. And the opening episode flips it. So it's actually Leia is one of the main characters, which I wasn't expecting at all. So I thought that was a really interesting thing to uh, do and how to set that up. Also, I find it quite funny that, you know, they've used Tatooine so much, but this is the one opportunity where you could do everything on Tatooine and they don't. They take him off planet and take him to various different other planets. And you're like, okay, that that's sort of interesting. The first two episodes are out now. I thought they did a really strong job with it. You've got the Inquisitors in there, which is the first time we've seen them in live action. Bit of a controversial thing at the end with one of the Inquisitors because it rather, without going into spoilers, if the events of the end of that second episode bear out to unfold the way that it was sort of portrayed on screen, if I put it that way, it rather changes something that happened in Rebels. Now, given that Dave Filoni is an exec producer, I think, on this, or certainly was an advisory producer on it, I rather suspect that that was kind of a, some form of fake-out, but that had fans raging on social media. What? The Star Wars fans getting angry over something? That never happened. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes, that will be quite interesting when the next episode comes out on Wednesday. Um, that's been quite nice as well because they dropped those first two episodes together. We've got another episode of Wednesday and then there's three the following three Wednesdays as well. They've done a, a really good job. It looks brilliant. It's really interesting seeing those characters in live action. Hewan, I think, is doing a fantastic job given he's the sort of older Obi-Wan and he's sort of morphing towards into the Alec Guinness territory and, and you can actually see that in the performance as well. So so I thought that he's nailed that really, really well. Not really seen anything of Hadrian Christensen in those first couple of episodes yet. I'm sure that will come up as we go through it. It mainly revolves around the Inquisitors, Obi-Wan and Leia, randomly, uh, in this. But it's been really strong, those opening two episodes. Very, very enjoyable and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that. Yeah, but the, thing, the weird thing is, is that I had this thought the other day, with all the prequel stuff that they've been showing out that 
makes that scene in uh, A New Hope right after Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan. He looks over and he sees the Wookiee that saved Ashoka's life, his two kids that he thought was dead, and some rando just running across, you know, his battleship. He's like, am I getting punked here? <laughs> yes, it is funny when you kind of look back at the stuff that was shot first and then they do all this prequel stuff and it does rather change some of the things. That's why they say you should never watch them in chronological order because the problem is if you show them in chronological order to a young child, they start to have far too much affinity with Darth Vader <laughs> because mm-hmm. they know it's Anakin under there. And so they kind of feel rather more for Vader than they would do normally if you introduced him with this big bad villain, sort of faceless villain. So uh, yes, never watch them in chronological order when you're first introducing them to a child. Always do them as starts to do hope, do the original trilogy, then the prequel trilogy, and then do the other ones afterwards. But yes, do it that way. The other big thing to launch this week, of course, was Stranger Things, which is back for its fourth season. Have you watched any of this? No, I uh, cancelled my Netflix subscription back in February because of the price increase. Ah. And I was actually kind of ahead of the curve on that because a lot of people did. I think I saw a news report, something like 300,000 cancellations in a month. Yes. And there was that that huge fallout with many tech stops where their valuation just absolutely plummeted. Yes. But yeah, probably not going to re-up my subscription subscription i just was never watching it at all Mm -hmm. so there's no reason to keep paying for it yeah i do get that and i've said before that if i was going to drop one of my subscription services netflix is probably the one that would go out of all of them because the content on a lot of the others is so much better plus the problem with netflix as well is that they will start airing a series and you get really into it and think, oh, this is great. And then it gets cancelled after one season, you know? Mm -hmm. I keep it because, you know, I need it for work. But generally, yeah, I really agree with you there. But uh, I would miss Stranger Things and that's back for a full season. So I'm very much enjoyed the opening episode of it. I only managed to see the opening episode so far because with Obi-Wan coming out and there's a few other things that I need to catch up on as well. I only managed to get to the first episode, but sets things off in a really interesting place because at the end of season three, we see everybody go off in their different directions. We see a bunch of the kids leave Hawkins. So you've got the one family, which is away in California. So you've got new characters coming in there. You've got a bunch of the kids that are still back at Hawkins as well. They're obviously much older. They're all in high school. They do a beautiful thing in the opening episode where there is a basketball game going on and there is a D&D game going on as well. And they're kind of intercutting between the two. It's this sort of final night of this D&D game. And one of the guys, one of the regular kind of guys, is supposed to be at the D&D game, but he's going to go and play in this basketball tournament. And that, that becomes a whole thing. They're sort of intercutting between them trying to beat this like big, bad final monster in the D&D game and them trying to win this like championship final in the basketball game. I just think it's beautifully shot. It's really well done. There is some weirdness obviously with the upside down coming back in and starting to see that arrive just starting to get back into it the opening episode is an hour and 20 i think around hour and 15 hour and 20 so quite long for an episode but didn't yeah, feel it that. yeah didn't feel it at all it's one of those things where i think they've just kind of said to them make them however you want to make them and so that opening episode is an hour and 20 all the episodes i think this 
season are over an hour. They have said the entire full season is the longest that they've ever done, which is one of the reasons why it's split into two bits. So the first seven episodes are up now, and then the last two episodes are dropping a bit later. And the seventh episode and the final episode are both kind of full feature length things, apparently. Lots of stranger things to come, but I'm kind of, it's a nice way of getting you back into it. I really enjoy that opening episode. I'm looking forward to catching up with the rest of that as well. And the other thing I started to watch was Shining Girls, which is this new Apple TV Plus series. That is a really interesting show. Matt was talking about this. It stars Elizabeth Moss in the lead role. On the surface, it's essentially about this woman who has obviously had this very traumatic attack. She's been assaulted where she was cut open and she's survived. There is now a new attack that's happened, which seems to have similarities to hers. And she works at a newspaper and she's sort of trying to work with one of the reporters there saying, look, I think this attack's similar to mine. And they're trying to sort of figure out whether it is or not. What's really odd about it is she seems to be seeing visions and time and the world seems to be shifting around her. But not only her, it seems to be shifting around some of the other characters as well. And I'm not sure whether this is a mental thing or whether there is something more sci-fi going on. It's really strange. You know, so she like, she'll come home the one day and she thinks that she's sharing an apartment with her mother and then she'll come home again and that's not the case. And you're not sure whether she is imagining it, if this is part of the sort of PCSD from her trauma, or whether there is genuinely something that is messing with time somewhere in there. It's really quite strange and interesting. It's one of those things that you're sort of following and looking out for little bits. There's a point where one character's drinking out of a cup and he puts the cup down. When he picks it up, it's a different cup. But that's not her. That's not Kirby, the, the main character that Elizabeth Noss is playing. That happens with one of the other characters. So you're like, well, I don't quite follow exactly what's going going on here but it's really interesting so um yeah i'm really intrigued by it i'm about three episodes into it at the moment so i'm gonna watch some more and and see where it goes but uh, i very much went into that series not knowing much about it i don't know the book it is based on a book but yes there's some very interesting things going on there and i kind of want to see where it goes and how it ends so uh that's shining girls and that's on apple tv as well now so that's another one to go and watch out for the apple tv stuff has been brilliant and uh only what 4.99 5.99 for a subscription to that it's fairly cheap so yeah i think you get like a year free if you upgrade your iphone or an yes. apple product certainly they were doing a year free at one point if you buy an apple product they may have cut that down to three months now but it was certainly was a year at one point so they do give you like free time i think matt said he got three months free with a ps5 i think so there are a lot of free offers around for apple tv and it's available on sky as well now uh, not directly but the app is on sky so it's quite easy if you've got a sky box to be able to just load it straight up from that which is great lots of really good stuff on apple tv really decent high quality shows and definitely want to go and check out that. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of things, not so much cancelled, but they've announced are coming to an end. Endeavour, which is the Inspector Morse prequel series, that is coming to an end after nine seasons they have announced. So that will be finishing. And The Good Fight, they've announced, will end with the upcoming sixth season as well. So uh, those are both coming to an end. Neither of the shows that I watched, but uh, they're both finishing. No renewals this week as far as I can see. So uh, we'll move on to pickups and other bits and pieces. Killing It, which is a Peacock series, I think, in the US, they've moved that over onto E4 in the UK, which is a little weird because we have Peacock over here and I think they announced it as a Peacock show and now E4 are saying they're premiering it. So it seems to have been sold on to E4, but that's coming Wednesday the 8th of June. That's from the people behind Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It stars uh, Craig Foster and it's about a guy who's like you know down in his luck single father he's a security guard at a bank trying to set up a new business gets turned down for a loan and ends up joining a state sponsored snake hunting contest to try and win the prize and achieve his dream of becoming a successful entrepreneur that's the setup for it but it's from the guys behind brooklyn 99 so if that sounds like something you're interested in uh, want to go and check out but that's called killing it i know whether you've caught that never heard of it <laughs> yeah it seems to be buried on Peacock somewhere. So yes, uh, there's Peacock in the US and is going to be on E4 in June over here. Channel 4 are reviving the Big Breakfast. That is coming back over the summer, only for over the summer, but that is coming back based on the uh, pilot thing that they did earlier in the year, but uh, that's going to be coming back. And they've also revealed that uh, over on Paramount Plus, when that launches over here, City on a Hill, which was airing on Sky here, that will be going exclusively to Paramount Plus for the third season. It is a Showtime series, so that shouldn't be a great surprise, but it does make me wonder what's going to happen to some of the other Showtime time series which were ending on sky atlantic and now paramount plus is launching it looks like they're going to be straight on paramount plus so um that'll be another streaming service that people will complain about having to subscribe to to be able to get the shows that they watch which is a little bit of a shame yeah there are a lot of streaming services at this point i mean paramount plus will be the latest one to launch over here we've got slightly less than you i think which ones do you subscribe to now well i have prime but that's more for the prime delivery than anything yes. else i re-upped hbo max but that's just until young justice season four ends and then i'm going to cancel that i have disney plus but i did that because i'd already had hulu as a subscription and so it was like a minor upcharge yeah. to get disney plus hulu and espn plus the other one i have is uh, discovery plus right i know that that got bought out by hbo max but i don't know what their plans are for that if they're going to fold that into it if it's going to be a separate it's going to be a joint thing discovery plus is more because i don't have cable as a service right and that gets me most of the channels that i want off of cable so yeah i think we get discovery plus over here if you're a long time sky subscriber actually over here i think you can get discovery plus for free actually how 
Paramount Plus, when that launches, is coming to Sky Cinema customers over here for free. So we've got that Peacock you get for free if you've got Sky on Now TV, I think. Then we obviously, we have Amazon. We have Disney Plus, which is an additional charge. Mm-hmm. And Disney Plus internationally, certainly over here, we get a lot of the FX and ABC content as well, which you don't get in the US because they're on separate services. And we get Hulu content on Disney Plus because we don't have Hulu. Disney Plus over here is actually a lot better value for money than it probably is in the US, I would have thought. But then if they're, if they're only charging a little bit extra than on top of Hulu, then, you know, that's not such a bad thing, I guess. Yeah, I was paying like seven a month for Hulu and it's 13 for Disney Plus. So wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And we don't get all the stuff that's on Hulu. We only get certain shows. So uh, it's basically stuff that is owned by Disney. So Handmaid's Tale goes somewhere else because that's a buy-in for Hulu in the US from an external studio. So that airs on Channel 4 over here, I think, rather than airing on Disney+, Plus, even though it's a Hulu show primarily. So yeah, things get spread around a little bit, but um, there are a lot of streaming services and I know it costs a lot of money, but I think what people are starting to do is run something for a month, they'll wait for something to come out so they can binge their way through box sets and then turn it off and then go and subscribe to something else for a month and, you know, do it that way. But um, coming back to uh, Star Wars, the other event that was on this weekend whilst I was down at MCM was uh, Star Wars Celebration, which was on in Anaheim in uh, the US. Few announcements, quite a few announcements that came out of that. Lots of trailers. There was a trailer for Andor, which landed, which uh, they also announced the premiere date for. That's coming the 31st of August. Randomly drops a trailer out for Willow, which obviously isn't Star Wars, but that's coming the 30th of November. And it is Lucasfilm and they've got nowhere else to show it. So, you know, why not drop it out there? But that was great. Uh, Were you a fan of the original Willow film? Yeah, I remember the first Willow film very well. It's so surreal to get a sequel 30 years after the fact, but I just watched the Top Gun sequel Saturday, so that was a thing too, so, you know, whatever. I'm kind of quite intrigued by this. I have seen the original film, but not for quite a while. I might need to go and re-watch it again more recently. The trailer looks great for that, and they've got most of the original cast coming back along, obviously, with some new people coming in. They have said that uh, Mab Martigan, who was Val Kilmer's character, is making... I think they were implying that does make an appearance with Val Kilmer playing the role. And given, I mean, unfortunately, Val Kilmer's not in very good health at this point. In fact, I don't think he can talk anymore. He's in a really bad way. So Yeah, he uh, had a very brief cameo in the uh, Top Gun sequel. He did have a speaking line, but it was very, very limited. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it was a, it was a cancer diagnosis. And although he's been like cancer free, he's got like feeding tubes and stuff and they've done a sort of AI recreation of his voice or something I think so they are saying that he he is supposed to be making some sort of appearance in this so it'll be interesting to see how that actually works and what they've done with that But the new series is basically first non-Star Wars thing that Lucasfilm have done since 2015. It's years after the events of the original film, introduces all new characters to the enchanted realm of fairy queens and two-headed monsters, welcomes back its namesake hero, Willow, performed once again by Warwick Davis, who is wonderful. So very much looking forward to that coming back. That's um, Wednesday, the 30th of November that they've announced that is dropping. They announced... And Star Wars Visions is returning for a second season, which was the sort of anime series 
that they uh, originally released last year. They're bringing that back for another new series as well, so that should be quite good fun. They were kind of interesting, kind of strange off-the-world things that but that was quite of interesting they also showed a trailer for well this wasn't actually technically part of star wars celebration but it dropped out at the same sort of time jedi survivor which is the follow-up to jedi fallen order they dropped out a trailer for that did you play the first game have you seen any of this yeah i, I played uh, fallen order um i had to switch it to what they called story mode for the last boss because i had not done enough of the collectible stuff right. to have enough to be actually beat the boss right so i dropped it down into story mode difficulty just because it was literally the last boss and i was kind of done with it i just wanted to finish off the story yeah so it's curious that they're getting a sequel for that but it's cool it's, it was a decent game it's very much uh, star wars uh, dark souls <laughs> right yeah yeah i really enjoyed the first game thought it was really fun and very enjoyable good storytelling so i'm glad that they're back with another one of those there is a trailer we've got it up on the website if you want to go and check that out there's a roundup of of all the Star Wars Celebration stuff in a post up on the site. So I thought that looked really interesting. With regards to some of the bigger shows, like I say, Andor had a trailer that's gone up, which I think that looks really intriguing as a show because, again, it is sort of filling in gaps in the history. But I thought that Rogue One movie is one of the best things that they've done so far. So that's certainly one that I will be keeping an eye out for. And uh, it's Tony Gilroy, who was behind the Rogue One movie, is the person that's the creator and showrunner of that. But that's coming 31st of August. They did a panel which was called the Mando Plus panel. So it was sort of Mandalorian stuff, but a lot of it was about Ahsoka, which is currently filming right now. A few things that they confirmed in there, which was Natasha Lee Bodizzo, who was sort of leaked back in November as joining Ahsoka, is they've confirmed that she is playing Sabine Wren. They actually showed a little clip, which they haven't released online, but they showed a clip that also confirmed that Hera from Rebels is going to be making an appearance in this as well. And they bought out a version of Chopper, the little astromech. They bought him out on stage as a sort of live action version. So it looks like Chopper is going to be in the series as well. He was great. He was a wonderful Rebels character. Did you watch any Rebels? No, I never got into that series. It is a really, really good series that. Clone Wars was great as well. There was a couple of other things that popped up in that. Hu Yang, who is the droid that taught the younglings how to build their lightsabers in the Clone Wars. He was voiced by David Tennant. That made a brief appearance in the trailer as well. So that's an interesting one. And there is a child's hand that was in the clip that was sort of trying to force move a cup on a table. And the suggestion is it was around the sort of Hera stuff. So the suggestion is that's probably Jason, who is the son of Hera and Kanan. Looks like he will be making an appearance. And given that they've already confirmed that Ahsoka and Sabine and Hera are in the series, there is a good chance that we'll probably see Ezra in a sort of live action version and possibly Thrawn in a live action version as well for the first time, which will be uh, awesome because when we sort of leave them at the end of Rebels, Ezra and Thrawn have gone missing 
missing and Ahsoka and Sabine have gone looking for them. So that I think could be quite good. But that is going to premiere in 2023. One of the new shows they announced was a thing called Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which is a new live action series. It's from the Spider-Man people. The people was behind Spider-Man No Way Home. John Watts, who was the director on that, didn't come with a huge amount of additional information. But if you remember a while back, they talked about the fact that they were going to be doing a sort of Star Wars based 80s ambling coming of age adventure films, like Goonies style sort of thing. And it sounds like this is what that series was. So it's a group of kids who are about 10 years old who get lost in the Star Wars universe. They also said that although the kids are the leads, it's not a kids show. So somewhat in the vein of Stranger Things or no, not as dark. It's more in that Goonies kind of vibe by the looks of things. But Jude Law is going to be playing the adult or one of the adults in that series, apparently. But I think that sounds like a really interesting idea. I mean, Goonies in space or Goonies in Star Wars, I think, could be quite good. Stranger Things is basically kind of Goonies mixed with horror, so... You know, and they did do a Goonies in Space movie. It's called The Explorers. Yeah, I mean, Goonies in Star Wars. I think I could see that fitting and working quite well. Same timeline as Mandalorian. So between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens for that. Another new show they announced was called Tales of the Jedi. That's a six-episode animated short series from Dave Filoni. This is mainly focused on Ahsoka and Dooku, so they've sort of got three episodes each. This sounds quite interesting because it's taking slices of sort of different portions of their life. So it's a younger version of Ahsoka, and you get to meet her mother, who's called Pav T. They're sort of showing the very early life of Ahsoka. And the Dooku side, I think, is the rather more interesting thing because because it's Count Dooku when he was still a Jedi and still had Qui-Gon Jinn as his Padawan. And they've got Liam Neeson back, uh, along with his son, apparently, that are going to be voicing Qui-Gon. So Liam presumably voicing the slightly older version and his son is voicing the younger version. So I thought that was quite an interesting idea. They're going to be six animated shorts done in the slightly similar sort of Clone Wars-y style. But they're coming in the autumn to Disney Plus, so they're another one to look out for. They announced Star Wars The Young Jedi Adventures. Just because you need another way to indoctrinate your children into Star Wars, this is aimed at preschool people. So it's preschoolers, early grade schoolers, and their families. Original stories that follow younglings as they're swept off in adventures and start their journeys on a path becoming Jedi Knights, learning valuable skills for our galaxy and for the galaxy far, far away. Tackling topics of compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience and friendship. I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't done a sort of preschool Star Wars thing before, actually, but um, here we are. Well, all the preschool kids were slaughtered, so... <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's one thing with this. They are setting it in the High Republic era rather than in the later eras, which is quite sensible because younglings don't do particularly well <laughs> when you set them in the slightly later era. So I, I, I think that that's probably a good idea. High Republic era is, is of course, way, way back in history and uh, they're doing comic books in the High Republic stuff which are quite good as well so uh, that's going to be the first animated thing set in the High Republic Young Jedi Adventures Mandalorian wasn't a huge amount of information that came out of the rest of the Mandalorian panel they did show a clip which had Bo-Katan Katie Sackhoff sat on a throne apparently and revealed a few sort of characters that are returning like Grief Karga Dr. Perishing obviously Mandalorian himself is back Grogu 
they're back together. Um, Giancarlo Esposito was on stage as well, for which sort of confirms the return of Moff Gideon. They did say that season three will be launching in February 2023. That's when that will be back. But uh, that I've been really enjoying as a series. I thought that was really, really good. Bad Batch is back for a second season in the autumn as well. That will be returning and there is a trailer up for that. So you can go and check that out. Visions, as I mentioned earlier, that's back for a a second season, which is the animated show that's sort of all in the style of Japanese anime, but it's animation companies from Japan, India, UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, California, US, South Africa, all over the place. And the other news that they dropped out was Star Wars Celebration 2023 is going to be back in the UK. It will be at the Excel Center, which is awesome. I'm very much looking forward to that returning over here because it's a bit of a trek to get over to Anaheim to go to it. And I don't know when tickets go on sale for that, but 7th to the 10th of April 2023, Star Wars Celebration at the XL in London. So want to go and keep an eye on the website for, for that. But if that's launching in April, you would have had The Mandalorian Season 3 will have aired. You've got Young Jedi Adventures about to drop. Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew should be pretty much either finished filming or in post-production. The Acolytes should be either well underway as well, which is the High Republic era TV series, I think, as well. So uh, there's going to be quite a lot to talk about at uh, that Star Wars celebration next year. Do you do conventions? Have you been to any conventions and stuff? Yeah, where I live in Indianapolis, it is a huge destination convention town. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID, there was literally a convention every single weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the, the bigger known ones is the uh, NFL Combine is here every year. So that's where all the college athletes put themselves on display to be drafted into the NFL for right. multi-million dollar contracts. Gaming wise, uh, Gen Con moved here about 10 years ago and it's been here ever since out of its original home from uh, Geneva, Wisconsin. So that's probably the biggest gaming one. But you have everything from uh, hardware conventions, cybersecurity conventions, farming conventions, <laughs> anything that's a convention at some point has been through Indianapolis. So yeah, there are comic conventions all over obviously all over the UK and all over the US and there's some some are bigger than others you know but there's it's interesting because some of the smaller ones get some of the bigger guests sometimes as well you yeah know? there was a convention I was actually bummed that I didn't hear about it until after the fact but there was a gaming convention and they had uh, uh, William Shatner after it was his first convention after he went into space oh wow so he was doing a q and a after that i'm like damn i wish i'd known about that yeah i've had william shatner walk past me because he did a star trek convention over here a couple of years ago and i interviewed a bunch of the cast but um, it was very much sort of potluck about who you managed to get um mm-hmm. and i got some good people i got a lot of the next gen and deep space nine cast so i i got some wonderful people to talk to to. I just didn't manage to land Chatter, unfortunately, for that one. Yeah, they had a lot of people. There was um, a lot of the Next Generation cast. Uh, Gates McFadden, Brent Spiner, John Delancey was there. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito was doing a signing. A couple other stars on that level. So they get the A-listers in for those conventions. So Yeah, yeah, they do get some really good people. Um, one of the best ones over here, Wales Comic Con generally has, a, which randomly isn't in Wales, it's in Telford, which is not in Wales. But 
But um, they have some really, really good people that generally come along to that. They tend to get a really huge amount of people on really good set of names. That's been quite good. Liverpool apparently was quite good this year. And as I say, MCM is usually pretty decent and they do get some really, really big names. Sometimes it's just this particular one was a little bit strange. But yeah, if you've never been to particularly a comic con, they're well worth going to go along to because the atmosphere at them is really, really fun. It's very, very inclusive. A bunch of people will go along in costumes. A bunch of people won't. You never feel like you're standing out. Usually incredibly friendly. Yeah, for Gen Con, they actually do a cosplay parade on the Saturday of the four-day event to where it's just like an hour long and everybody that does cosplay shows up in their best stuff. I've gotten tons of photos, like some top-tier costumes. Um, Probably my favorite one was this lady made a kimono dress TARDIS. I'll show you the picture if I can find it at some point, but it's like this really cool, like very elaborate kimono dress that's also the TARDIS. And it's just that kind of creativity. And then they just do a whole parade all through the convention floor with music and spectacle and everything. And it's not uncommon to see like 20 people in costume going across the street to the restaurant. Some of the local restaurants um, redo a menu to where they'll change things like mozzarella sticks will be troll fingers and things like that. (laughs) That's adorable. Yeah, they do cosplay masquerade. Most of them will do that sort of cosplay masquerade thing where they'll they'll do a thing on stage. In terms of the parade thing, quite often MCM will have the 501st Legion, which is uh, otherwise known Mm. as Vader's Fist, who are an incredible organization. And they have stormtroopers and people cosplaying Star Wars stuff. And they are brilliant. They will do a sort of full kind of parade to the Star Wars music, like through the entire thing. Some of their costumes are just phenomenal. But some of the stuff that people make at home blows me away. It's really quite incredible. Some of the photos that I've got up on the Instagram feed from this weekend were part of an actual international competition. They did sort of the cosplay masquerade, which was for the people that were were just kind of turning up on the day and entering the competition. And then there is this bigger competition thing, which is run by Cosplay Central called the Crown Championships. And they had the UK qualifier for that. And they had, there was like a guy there in a full halo suit who was looked picture perfect, was just absolutely phenomenal. There's a bunch of sort of characters that I don't particularly recognize from various anime and stuff. But I mean, people, they were reading out sort of what they've done to make these costumes. And I mean, they're just unbelievably detailed and complex and just do an incredible job with them. There was one guy who was actually, I think, in the masquerade side of things, who had done a sort of Phantom of the Opera thing, but it was really elaborate with like a skull face. And they had the Phantom of the Opera music in the background and the skull face actually moves so he can lip sync to the song. It's just an amazing piece of work. Really, really phenomenal. Just some of the costumes are are, are crazy. So I've, I've very much sort of focused more on the cosplay and I do cosplay edits as well, which are up on the website. So you can go up on the, well, they'll be up on the website soon. They're up on the Instagram now. So you can go and check those out, but there's some great, great stuff out there. But yes, definitely if you've thought about going convention and weren't really sure what to expect, generally they're incredibly inclusive. They're really welcoming environments and well, well worth going along to. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just sometimes for some highlights for next week on TV.
So, highlights for next week. We are at the start of the ridiculous amount of stuff starting. Uh, Abbott's Elementary finally drops over here. That's the first season of that coming to Disney+. Plus. That's on the 1st of June, which is a workplace comedy set in a Philadelphia public high school. Borgian Power and Glory, which is the continuation of the Borgian series, so technically season four, but uh, it is on Netflix now. So it's them taking over, continuing the series. That's the acclaimed Danish political drama. 2nd of June for that on Netflix. The Orville New Horizons, which is technically also season three. That's the 2nd June. That's on Disney+. Plus. I'm so looking forward to that coming. The Midwich Cuckoos, which is coming to Sky Max. That is a new take on the John Wyndham classic from David Farr, the person behind the night manager. That looks like it's going to be really good. The Boys, that comes on the 3rd of June for the third season. Very much looking forward to that one as well. P-Valley returns for its second season. That's on Stars Play. That's on the 3rd of June. Top Gear is back for its 32nd season. That's on BBC One. That's on the 5th of June at 8pm. The Outlaws returns for its second season. That's the Stephen Merchant's like, comedy drama about the group of people that are working in the Community Payback Centre. That is on the 5th of June at 9pm on BBC One. Girls 5 Ever returns to Peacock for a second season. That's on the 6th of June. We Own This City which is from the creators of The Wire. It's about the Baltimore Police Department. That looks like it's going to be a really interesting, dark, gritty drama. That's on the 7th of June. That's on Sky Atlantic. The Good Doctor returns for the second half of its fifth season. That's on the 7th of June as well. That's on Sky Witness. And All American Season 1 finally lands over here for the first season. That is on ITV2. That's on the 7th of June at 10 p.m. That's a football drama, American football drama. Um, and uh, it's from Greg Berlanti, the man behind the Arrowverse. So God knows what the quality of right. It would be like, it probably starts off really well and then goes downhill really rapidly. But I, I'm judging it without seeing it, so I don't know. That's all the stuff we've got coming on UK TV over the next week. So go check all those out. Definitely the Orville, the Boys, Outlaws, Midwich Cuckoos. Really good stuff coming this week. If people want to find you, where can they find you? I podcast with Matt over on Entertainment Talk. I also don't stream, but I'm on many streams that you would know. Uh, mostly Bex's stream where she is engaging in Nightmare Fuel, uh, <laughs> cosplaying as Mr. Blobby, which... I I love Bex, but she does this to herself. <laughs> yes, she absolutely did do that to herself. I saw the aftermath photos. Obviously, I didn't see it because I was at MCM, but yeah, interesting that was. There are clips Horrifying of the, is ho- a better... Hor- yes, it was a charity thing. She didn't just do this for fun. She did paint it for charity. But uh, yeah, she painted herself as Mr. Blobby for charity. It is pretty horrific. You can go and check Bex out on uh, Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitter. Twitch and on Twitter if you want to go and check her out on there but there are photos floating around it's horrifying I think is a fair word that's about where you're going to find me online I tend to lead a pretty private life I generally don't vomit my existence all over the internet yes go and find Robert over on Entertainment Talk where you can also go and find Matt as well who's uh, got lots and lots of shows over there we've just finished doing the first part of Better Call Soul so uh, we're on a little break from that until it comes back again we'll probably do West world i think we're doing later on because that's back at the end of the month lots of stuff coming up over there and he's got all these other podcasts and of course the gaming talk and stuff that he does with you all of that over there bex as i mentioned you can find on various places as trista bites including twitch so b-y-t-e-s for lots and lots of streaming stuff over on twitch
it. Daryl, you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the series that you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. Keep an eye on the YouTube and Instagram, particularly this week, because there will be a lot of stuff from Comic-Con going up on those. That's all we have. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 